Alright! Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss stories and give our thoughts. I am your host, who misses Tyler Palo when he bails on the show the most, Andrew Price. Guess who's back? Back again. Tyler's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirkman Sean. Dad Beats! Milady. Madame. My lord. Kirk just did a... Kirk just did a, a a gentlemanly wave. A gentlemanly I don't, I don't, bow. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what you call that. Yeah, bow. There we go. There we go. It's a stately bow for all the gentle people out there. Oh, very nice. My shit's fancy. Yeah, it is. How's it going, my it's dudes? Going. It's going. JKL. Uh, JKL. Just killing life? <laughs> yep. No, oh. just keep living. Oh. <laughs> just keep living. And just nice. following... Following my shaman McConaughey, JKL. <laughs> this is what God the pandemic has done to me. I guess. I mean, as long as you get the same abs, it's a good lifestyle. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tyler does a great yeah. Matthew McConaughey. I have a video. I, I have a I video. What? <laughs> oh, I cannot believe you. I mean, I've never. You say that, but I've never showed it to anybody. I always. I know. But I always threaten to show it to people, but I've never actually done it. You're legit just waiting for the perfect moment. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> I'm waiting for the moment that you decide to run for some kind of weird political office. <laughs> and it will work. It will keep me from office. It'll get, it'll get you elected immediately. They won't yeah, even, man. they'll just skip the, the election. People love McConaughey, man. People love people who do McConaughey. Especially, right, especially, right, the, right, especially right. the way you do it in that video. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been going on I've, other other than uh, other than killing life yeah i've been uh trying to get out of my lease and uh i bought a bus and me and my girlfriend are turning it into an apartment right now hang so, on <laughs> hang on hang on yeah i was just i know about this but <laughs> i just like yeah. kirk kirk is gonna is, is kirk this is a gonna have some questions or is this no. straight no, this up is, you're going to do this this is absolutely real i bought the bus already and it's just we like are, outside on the street it is right in, right in front of here <laughs> right in front of uh, her parents place who are graciously letting us stay here for a reduced rent and uh they are helping us build it okay Wait a so, minute. So you're li- you're you're at your you're at her parents' house, but then you also still have your lease. Yes, because we're trying to break it. We don't we and we have to like give them notice of vacation of to vacate, and then, so they can start showing it themselves. But we're just gonna try to find somebody to take over the lease or uh, take the rooms for the next six months, and we'll just do it that way. Well, actually, now that you say that, um, Kirk Kirk is looking for a bachelor pad. Yeah, yeah. Just just to kind of. I don't. It's it's not enough pad. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Of course not. You're, you're yeah, married. No, yeah, we're not. Get, we're not talking about yeah. anything weird like that. No. Yeah. Need, exactly. You just need a place. Yeah, no. You just need a place to go. Yeah. Just and just to be, be with me. Yeah. To be with you. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's all. Yeah, I get. I get it. I get it. 
But, but okay, uh, so, so talk about this bus. I know this isn't nostalgic, but goddamn, this is fascinating. Uh, we we bought the bus. It's a shuttle bus that uh, Universal Studios used to own. <laughs> wait a minute. What? Wait. Oh, okay. I I know what you're talking about. It's not. Yeah, not. It's not a real. Not it's those, not like a full size. Yeah, it's. I I know. Just like one of those utility vans, basically. No, 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 no. It's oh, a, oh, it's no. Like, like, yeah. Air, it's like an airport shuttle. Yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, yeah, that's a good 26, size. Twenty six seater kind of thing. It's got a rear back door uh, for the wheelchair ramp, and uh, we're going to turn that into doors. We have the front doors. We're going to put a wall in, and we're going to put a kitchen, a bathroom, a shower, and a bedroom. Are you doing these renovations all on your own? Yes. God, you're you're so much more of a man than me. That's not it, at all. It's true. because you but don't wow. have your bachelor pad, Kirk. <laughs> if you had a bachelor pad, man. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's what we've we've been working on lately. Uh, we just like we <laughs> had one really long good experience with a roommate, and then uh, one really short terrible experience and we were just like never want to do that again don't really want to pay rent anymore and all we talk about is how much we want to travel so we're just going to turn that into our our lives wow good for you thank you i'm really never happy. in a million years could i or would i do that wow. <laughs> listen listen if the if this pandemic continues and americans are courted off from the entire world we're all losing our houses to the rich people and we're going to have to do it. So, wow. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, whenever we turn into Mad Max times, Tyler will already, Tyler will already be a general. <laughs> like he'll just be, he'll be like, he'll be like, welcome to the party fuckers. Yeah. Actually, I'll already have started an entire society. Yeah. And uh, somebody's going to find that video you have of me and that's the only way they'll take me down. Yeah. <laughs> You just you be in a, in a post apocalyptic society where you become like because you decided to like go off the grid early before the before the big one hit you become like the king of the of America and then oh, but yeah. then like you still get canceled because somebody leaks that video yeah <laughs> I leaked the video it's like this big conspiracy oh, no. I'm like I'm taking him down <laughs> I'm so- gonna be the king of America. Yeah. Do you consider this? Are you are you considering that this is you living off the grid or not? This isn't like no. I don't. I don't really say that because we're gonna have like solar panels. We're yeah. getting internet. We're getting uh, internet stream to the van to the bus. We're gonna be a mobile hotspot basically, so we can like make videos and still try to like do editing if we want. If we want to do that, uh, we're gonna try to f- keep it all internet based. So we're not going off the grid at all. We're just mm-hmm. living nomadically. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really exciting. I'm so happy about it. That's great, man. Yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of which, you got you got to see this. Tyler Tyler isn't actually in this, but he was there. And it's <laughs> and it's related. Oh man. Uh, hey Brandon. Yep. Did you get my text about the soda? We're all out. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't pay my phone bill this month, so I'm off the grid. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> not really. It's kind of nice, actually. It's uh, you know, it's nice not getting phone calls from friends all the time, wanting money and rides places, and, you know, just annoying 
things that people do. Good for you. Yeah. Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's still so good. I don't give a fuck. I love that video. I, I love that the guy on the other line is Andrew, too. Yeah. Also, Andrew. Yeah. I show that because that, that sketch was partially inspired by Tyler as a young 17-year-old or whatever age you were back then uh, right. ranting about going off the grid. He was even he was even talking about it back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One day, really I mean, do come true. The plan is to travel for as long as possible and then buy land and then actually go off the grid and, and just like reclaim water and have a stream nearby, find our own food, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So this is like your baby step to living off the grid. Exactly. That's exactly okay. Yep. That's what you do. You baby step it. Yep. Fascinating. <laughs> so excited. I'll show you. I'll keep you guys in like if. Please. Well, I want to see pictures of yeah. the, the renovation. I'll, I'll send you the link to the Instagram page. We I want to see. I want to see pictures YouTube. of the kombucha that that gets made. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, uh. Oh, and re really quick, I just have to. I just have to say. I think. I, I think I told you this. I think I told you this when you told me about this, Tyler. But uh, I don't uh, know if I've told you this, Kirk. So when we moved into our house that we live in right now here in Burbank, um, our next door neighbor. Uh, do I have our windows open? No, they're closed. <laughs> uh, our next door neighbor uh, had just had this guy move in. Like, so basically, this guy um, that that was like founder on Craigslist or something. Uh, it paid rent to have to park his RV in her backyard and live in it. So, oh my god! So when we first moved in here. There was a guy who lived in an RV in the backyard of our neighbor. So, like in our backyard, there's a there's like a brick uh, fence that separates our houses that kind of go that goes up to like maybe my stomach. Um, and then for for like two and a half years, um, there was a, just an RV right there, and he lived in there. Um, and it was like it was it was a it was a funny thing because it was like this process of like be like i mean i didn't really care about it but my wife more did of just being cre I, creeped out about I it care. yeah creeped out about it and just being like i don't know how i feel about this um and not liking that he can he's just like living there and he can just like look out his window into our backyard and stuff and this slow process of kind of like learning like becoming okay with it like over time being like oh he's actually just kind of like a nice normal guy and eventually just kind of stopped it just stopped being an issue like it was like oh yeah he just lives there and he's just our neighbor um his name was vineyard and uh 
solid yeah. bed tracks. And um, so this whole thing happened where we kind of got used to it and ultimately we're like, oh, yeah, he's far harmless. It's not weird or creepy. It's, he's just he's just vineyard. He just lives there. He's a nice guy. And so he ended up, uh, I guess, apparently she, uh, over, like a year ago at this point, she decided to raise the rent and he didn't. He's like, that makes no sense. Like, you can't raise the rent on me. Like, I'm just renting out this parking space or whatever, I, I, whatever their whole deal was. So he decided to leave. So what he did was he got rid of his RV and he he uh, he traded it in for a smaller um, utility van bus thing, kind of similar to what Tyler got to convert it into like a mobile living space. So he went like the full way with it where he converted it into like a like an apartment and he put like he installed a peat moss toilet in there and stuff. Um, and he so he decided to live nomadically um, like that, um, where he just was going to live in the van and travel around or whatever. So he left and that was kind of the end of that. And now he doesn't live there anymore. But then several months ago. Right before the shutdown stuff the pandemic stuff uh one day we just looked out and there were like special forces agents just standing outside of our house like oh like fam like fbi agents or homeland security agents or whatever they were um like legit like tactical vests like you know big badges like federal uh federal um agents mm. and uh, they were just standing outside on our neighbor's lawn and my wife went out there and was like, what is going on? And they were looking for that guy. And we have no idea why, because they wouldn't tell us. Yeah. The only thing they would tell us was my wife was like, that guy lived here for like three years. It wasn't like a weird pedophile thing. Right. And they're like, oh, no, it's nothing like that. So all we know is that he wasn't a pedophile. <laughs> but other than that, there were like Ooh. there were like. They were like FBI agents or like or like Homeland Security agents or whatever they were looking for that guy that lived in our lived in our backyard basically for three years. Wow. Well, welcome to your world, Tyler Palo. Yep. I'm excited. Uh, I just want to state that this has nothing to do with running away from anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just want to experience life. Exactly. I'm not. Wow. I'm not running away. I'm not in some kind of catch me if you can scenario <laughs> where I'm. I have a. I have a decades long cat and mouse game with an FBI agent. <laughs> um. So. Uh, so getting into the stories. Oh, yeah. Now that we know that uh, we've lost Tyler to the. To the deep end, um, and we know that Kirk is going to be moving into his old house, uh. Um, I'll, I'll briefly mention this. I I ended up so there was going to be a big story we were going to talking we were going to talk about where basically the story was that uh, the first day back uh, to production for Jurassic Park Jurassic World three like they've been shut down for the last four months and they went they finally went back into production and they're literally they were literally the first big studio production to go back into production since the shutdown happened and the story was is that on day 1 26 people tested positive for covid and they shut down oh my um, god however 
uh, that was that was a story to be talked about. However, uh, it actually just it's not true. Uh, well, it's it's oh, it's okay. true. It's true ish. People did uh, test positive. Crew members did test positive for COVID on day one, but they didn't shut down production. Oh, so oh. that's so the real story is that. Yes, they 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 are having COVID cases pop up, but they just had those people go home and they tested everybody else. I guess I'm assuming they tested everyone else and decide discovered that they were not positive, and they're resuming production. And I, I they're like they're five days into production, or or maybe longer at this point. But from the point wow. from the point that I read the update, they were five days into production. There must be just like the balls rolling. We're just we're, we we can't stop. Yeah, we can't, can't stop. stop. Can't stop it, sorry. Can't stop it just because of COVID. Doesn't matter if we all end up dead. Uh, this life it no. needs some liberation. Don't wear masks and don't uh oh I, lo- I was go I was on <laughs> such a roll. I was g- <laughs> so good. That was even a nostalgic song. Yep. I I tanked at the last line. Uh. Um uh so yeah, but yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna dwell too much on it because it's like yeah, I don't want I don't want to be an arbiter of like embellished news. I think it's important yeah. to not spread like exaggerated or embellished or like not quite accurate news on either side of the spectrum. Uh, but but I will mention that that was that was a story for a while, but it's not necessarily accurate. But there, you know, they were, there were people who tested positive for mm-hmm. COVID, but it seems like they at least for now, they seem to have addressed it properly and are fine. Um, so what would you do if they decided to reboot the Wonder Years on ABC? Lend me your ears and I'll read you some news. I will try not to. I lost it again. I can't do do the last line. I can't do the last line. I had an applause all just on deck for you, and I'm not giving it to you now. I didn't. Pre- I was like this. I didn't. Pre- I was ready to clap. <laughs> I didn't pre-write that. I was. I. Re- I really did freestyle that, and I. I. Oh, I, I tanked on the last line again. Uh, two for two. Yeah. What is? What is? What? What is this? Uh. So. Uh, the the Wonder Years is being rebooted with a black family on ABC. Uh, another beloved yesteryear TV series is being rebooted, and this time with a creative change that could lend an entirely new perspective. ABC is making a pilot for an updated version of The Wonder Years, the 1988 coming-of-age dramedy that ran for six seasons and starred Fred Savage as the middle-class suburban teenager growing up during the late 1960s, 1960s and early 70s. The revival will be set during the same time period, except it will focus on a black family in Montgomery, Alabama. So, an entirely different show. Because there's, there is a world, there is a world yeah. of difference between a show about a white suburban family growing up in the '60s and a black family growing growing up in the '60s. Yeah. Those are two different shows. Um, the show will be executive produced by Empire co-creator Lee Daniels with uh, Saladin K. Patterson uh, the, as the showrunner, and original series co-creator Neil Marlins will be a consultant. Um, Savage is on board as well as director and executive producer. Uh, the The official description of the show, how a black middle-class family in Montgomery, Alabama, in the turbulent late 1960s, the same era as the original series, may, uh, made sure it was the Wonder Years for them too. Um, so yeah. Uh, 
they they they're, they're going to re they're they're doing a reboot of the Wonder Years of the Black Family. Uh the you know the the elephant in the room of that story is that there's going to be a lot of angry people. I mean there already are. You know, of course. you see a post like this, just don't read the comments. Uh but uh yeah, you know. I I it's it, to, it's it's funny because people get so angry about reboots and sort of re utilizing existing brands and IPs from people's childhoods. People get really, really angry about that. Um, I, for me, it's like, I, I love, it's funny because I love the wonder years and it's, it's so funny because it's so funny because the, uh, the wonder years is designed to be like, a nostalgic, uh, a nostalgic, um, tri- like trip through memory lane for baby boomers. Like that's mm-hmm. what that show is. It came out in the nineties, the early nineties, the late eighties, early nineties, and it was it was just it was designed to be like porn for baby boomers, basically. Of like you know, it's 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 the same thing as today. How we get all this nineties nostalgia stuff. And, you know, we get shows that are set in the 90s and 90s inspired music and things like that. Like back in the early 90s, that was that for people who grew up in the 70s. Yeah, um, it was like Freaks and Geeks when Freaks and Geeks came out for, you know, Gen Xers like me. Yeah. were like, fuck, yeah. But Wonder Years kind of went, uh, everyone loved the Wonder Years. Yeah. I well, mean, they, it didn't matter if you were a baby, baby boomer or Exactly. Not. The, the, the show was, that was what the show was designed for. And it's so, yeah. it's so clear that it is like when you watch it, it's so clear that it's just designed to be like, oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, but it, you know, it ended up crossing generations and I watched it from it airing on Nick at night in the nineties or in the, in the mid to late nineties. Um, and I, I love the show. Uh, and it's funny because they they put it on Netflix a couple years ago, and I oh. and I tried to start rewatching it, but I couldn't watch it because they 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 didn't they they couldn't pay they couldn't afford to pay for all of the licensing for all of the music in it. Oh. So all of the music in the sh- in the show is replaced by generic incidental music. That's like what they did for WKRP yeah. in Cincinnati, and it sucks. Yeah, you just can't watch it. It's unwatchable. Yeah, you can't do it. You need the music. Like episode, I mean, number one, so they replaced the Joe Cock the Joe Cocker cover of with a little help from my friends. That's the that's the theme song. Mm-hmm. They replaced it with a different cover of it from somebody from a Joe Cocker soundalike. Ew. And it's like immediately like this is bullshit. And then Yeah. Episode one of The Wonder Years, it starts with a bunch of establishing shots of the neighborhood and kids running around and people driving in their cars with uh, Turn, Turn, Turn by the birds playing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's literally like episode one, shot one, moment one is that song fading in. It's such an iconic part of the show. And... It's just not it's just not there. The show the, the the episode starts with like just some other 
music generic yeah yeah and see that's bullshit and so i i was i was just like this sucks and i turned it off and yeah. i never watched it again um yeah. i don't even like 60s music but if i'm watching wonder years i i want the 60s music yeah uh but but i i love the show so i have a lot of nostalgia for it uh but you know obviously i have no problem with this because even if it sucks it doesn't affect the original show at all like that's just this weird cognitive dissonance where people are just become convinced that like something new can like retroactively ruin the old thing, which is just not true at all. It's just either watch it or don't. Um, if you, if, if a thing is good and you like it, like nothing can change that. Um, uh, and this new thing just is a separate entity. Uh, I, I, I do kind of feel like, you know, considering that, the subject matter and how drastically it changes. I do kind of feel like it doesn't, it feels like it's just a different show and they're just putting the wonder years name on it. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, this sounds interesting. I would, I, I, I want to see this premise. I'm actually, I want to see this. Too. I'm actually interested in watching this out of a lot of these sh <clears throat> things that we talk about. A lot of these reboots we talk about, I'm, 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 I'm actively interested in watching this and I, and I don't, I don't watch a lot of network television. I I want to watch it too, just because it's a reboot that has some thought into it, whereas opposed to just like, yeah, we're just going to reboot it, and but we'll do it with another white family, and yeah. uh, we'll make it, maybe we'll make it 1980 or 1979. That'll be fun. And then you're just like, you're just bastardizing it. This seems like there's thought put into it, and it's going to be a thoughtful show. Yeah, and like the, so, the original creator is involved. Fred Savage yeah. is going to be directing episodes, and he's a great TV director. Yeah, he directs a ton of TV. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually pretty interested in watching that. Not only just for yeah. the for the nostalgia of like, oh, I want to see a new Wonder Years thing, um, but also just it sounds genuinely interesting. Like, like I kind of just love the idea of recontextualizing a story and being like, here's something else that was going on during the time of this other story that you love. Yeah, and also totally, maybe they're going to have totally different music that the original Wonder Years completely just kind of missed. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting. And then too. in 20 years, they'll put it on uh, Shurgleblocks, the the streaming service of the future, and it won't have yeah. any, of the, any of the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If this is streaming in 2039 and Shurgleblocks is still like going, they, need, they owe us some money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking A, they do. But I've never seen a single episode of The Wonder Years, and I wasn't excited for this at all until Andrew gave it the spin of, uh, here's another story of what's happening at this exact same moment during one of America's favorite stories. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really fun way to uh, watch it now. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a cool idea. I mean, I, I, like, this in, I like this idea in general. Um, yeah. I love whenever... Whenever things do, I'm trying to think of examples of this. I, I I know there are some. I mean, I guess like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is a, is great. Like that, this just the postmodernism of saying here's this sort of classical story. Everybody's aware of it. It's canonized as one of the is one of the greatest stories of of uh, of 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 culture. Um, and then here, here is just another thing that that was going on simultaneously that kind of intersects with it throughout. Uh, that's great. Um, 
And uh, like Back to the Future 2 is another example of just yeah, going back, go. going back in and kind of having this other story that's interweaving with with the the, the story that you know from the original movie. Um, and it has the added detail of like also kind of changing it in certain ways and interacting with it in certain ways because it's time travel and it's somebody like going back in time to an event that they were at originally. Uh, so I, I really like that idea. Um, so, uh, Tron, uh, a Tron three has been being talked about for years. Um, Boo! the, <laughs> Uh, the, the uh, Tron is obviously a uh, a Disney science fiction film that came out in 1982. It started it starred uh, Jeff Bridges as Kevin Flynn, who is a guy who goes into a video game world. Um, in uh, twenty yeah 2010. Wow, in 2010 yeah. in 2010, uh, they came out with Tron Legacy, uh, a very delayed sequel, which uh, which was about Kevin Flynn's son going into the video game world and basically finding him in there um who played who played that who was the it kid emile hirsch no was it hirsch? no not emile it wasn't it was emile hayden christensen no who was who played the main character of tron legacy it was one of those it was one of those generic actor guys from that time that like nobody remembers anymore it was like sam worthington or some somebody it's, it wasn't sam worthington but it was somebody like him um, oh wow! It's Garrett Head Garrett Headley. Yeah, Garrett. I never heard it. I never heard of his name the, this entire time. Oh, wow. dude was in Triple Frontier with my boy Affleck and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he was in Four Brothers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah Four Brothers. Just, one, just, just one of those generic handsome guys, like a Sam Worthington yeah. or a or a, a Taylor Taylor Kitsch. Was that his name? Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. Definitely. Um, the that, that one guy that from from uh from terminator cell or terminator um genesis and suicide squad oh, yeah and and the die hard sequel where he played john connor's john connor's john mcclain's no uh, what is that guy's name he has a weird name uh he played john he, he played just he played john mcclain's son in a die hard movie wow. He was in Terminator Genesis as um, Kyle Reese, and he played Captain Boomerang in uh, Suicide Squad. That's the same person. Yeah, but his his face and his personality uh, are so generic that you can't. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Yeah, just one of those generic handsome guys. Wow. Um. But yeah, so that movie came out, uh, and. Since, pretty much since then, which obviously that was a decade ago, they've been talking about Tron 3. And for the longest time, they were talking about doing a Tron 3 where Jared Leto was going to be attached to it. But it's just never come to fruition. Uh, but now uh, it's, ba it's back in development. So the third film in the Tron franchise is once again in development. Tron 3 will reportedly star Jared Leto and pick up with a continuation of the story from the first two movies. Um... There have been talks about making a third Tron film for a while. I already said that. Uh, it was it was it was it was being talked about going into production as recently as 2015, but then it was scrapped because of the critical box office bomb of Tomorrowland, um, which kind of put Disney off of 
doing these like big high concept science fiction films. Um, but now it's back in development. Uh, so we're going to we're going to see Tron three with our old or with our boy Jared Leto. Uh, what, what do you how do you guys feel about the Tron franchise? Uh, I've got I've got two I I've, love I've got two generations here because I, I know that I know Kirk that you probably saw Tron in theaters did and, and was kind of like and it t- looks cool and Tyler is old enough that he saw the second one in theaters or maybe he did or he was old enough to I see did, it I did. yeah I did I uh, saw I, the first one. okay go ahead Tyler you go first okay I saw the I saw the second one first and I was like this is garbage and my dad was like you got to watch the first one but I watched the first one and I was like, it was probably really cool in theaters. And I liked I liked the storyline and everything, but both of them were kind of hit or miss for me on the hit and miss scale. I saw the first one in the theater as a kid and was like, this looks cool. I don't understand what's going on, so I don't like it. But then they came out with a bomb ass video game for it. And that game was awesome. The game is better than the movie. And I'm saying that as a guy who doesn't even care that much about video games. So, but we all knew that the movie was a tank. That's actually, that's so actually the review on the box of the game. It's like, this game is awesome. It's better than the movie. And I'm saying that as a guy who doesn't even care about video games. <laughs> Kirk Pinchon. Kirk Pinchon. <laughs> yeah. And so then, and then, so then when this new one came out, I was all like, why are they doing this? It's generally known that the original Tron tanked and then this one tanked right andrew this one tanked yeah Mm -hmm. so then why a third you you know i feel like i mean well there's two things about that number one three things so despite what i'm I'm about to say after i say this uh i i didn't really care for tron legacy um i know i know i have some friends who love the movie for what it is um but I didn't care for it. Uh, I was, I was, I wasn't into it. And and I, and I like the original Tron just fine. Like it's not, it's not one of my favorite movies at all. Uh, I like it just fine. I mean, if you want to, if you want a really good, weird Disney sci-fi movie from that time period or a little bit earlier, watch the black hole. Now that's a fucking movie. I knew you were going to say um, that. Black hole's yeah, good. I, I'm fine with Tron. Black hole's it's good. definitely, it's definitely not my favorite property i'm not i'm not like super hyped on it um and i and i didn't care for tron legacy um as much as it should have appealed to me is like this this science this science fiction this crazy science fiction movie that takes place inside of a video game all of the music is done by daft punk like it it should have been my thing and i just wasn't into it yeah it should have hit yeah um but that being said uh for me personally you know i'll take any of these weird like resurrecting like old properties that I really love and making new really cool sequels to them. Like I'll take, I'll take as much as they can give me despite how illogical it is that they keep trying it. Like Blade Runner 2049, like is genuinely just one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much. They're, they're you know, uh, Denise Villeneuve is doing the Dune remake like i'm so excited for it um uh like give give them all to me i don't like when they were like john carter despite how illogical it was to try to make a john carter from mars movie and think that that was going to do well at the box office like i don't care i love that movie 
That's, um, that's Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I love these movies. I love when they take some old thing that like was just a really kind of niche or like cult thing and then they resurrect it and do this huge budget thing where they think it's going to do really well and it's really good and they 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 gave the the director and the writer like a lot of creative freedom to like make it true to the spirit of the original property and they spend all this money and they make this like master this like sort of like masterpiece and then it just like fails miserably because they just didn't realize that the the cult status of it does not equal huge financial success at the box office like I, I love movies like that so keep giving it to me i don't care uh but yes I, I in regards to what your original question kirk with these movies i think what happens is they they incorrectly conflate cult status with people are going to go and see this at the theater and it's the whole it's the same it's the uh. same thing with the blade runner movie uh blade, blade yeah. runner when it came out in 1982 or 80 was it 82 I think it was also 1982. I think it was 82. Yeah, it came yeah. out in the same year as Tron. I never thought about that. Let me let me let me double check that. The the number 82 is is popping out in my mind and I'm usually pretty good about remembering dates of movies. Uh 82, yeah, it came out in 82. So it came out the same year as Tron. Uh and it was also a huge financial flop. It was a it was a total bomb at the box office. Um and it's only in the intervening years that Blade Runner has developed a huge cult status and been re retroactively regarded as this great film. Uh, it, it had a, it, it it found later success on home video, and at this point, it's sort of regarded as a science fiction masterpiece. Um, so, with all of the Tron or uh, with all the Blade Runner fans and and, and that sort of its existence as this highly regarded classic they made Blade Runner 2049 and it made no money because the first one didn't make any money because people don't go see movies like that they don't go see these like sort of ref like poetic uh, abstract reflections on existentialism writ into a large budget uh you know hard sci-fi film they just they don't go see those movies people don't people don't pay money to go see those movies in the theaters yeah. which so, which is exactly what i was thinking about uh with this thing is like we should if we are going to remake stuff like this like uh from from like the 80s we should be remaking stuff like they live or society those things are going to get people to come watch it because it's like body horror and aliens and stuff like that and action but it also has the message that people want to hear today yeah i think if I, we remake stuff like that i think you're really hit the theaters i think you're totally right they live yeah. they live was was also kind of a box office failure at the time and it, it, it's it's basically the same story as Blade Runner or Tron. Or but it was a movies. B movie, so yeah. it didn't cost that much, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. De it right. was definitely way less expensive than Tron or Blade Runner. Uh, but it was also kind of like a, a bit of a flop. It kind of people didn't understand it. They didn't go to see it. It's retroactively been regarded as this classic. So it's got a similar story, but 
because of the concept of the movie, this idea of like there's something secret going on in the background and there's all these there's this shadowy organization that's controlling society like that is exactly the weird conspiracy theory bullshit that everybody is into now. So if you made a movie, if you remade They Live, people would definitely go see that. I guarantee it. They'd be go seeing it for the wrong (laughs) reasons, which is that like they believe that Wayfair is fucking trafficking children on their website. All right. You've obviously been on my Twitter. (laughs) I was so I, I, I believed it so hard for a second. I was like, I was like, this is insane. How are they getting away with this? And then I was like, you got to take a step back and, and take a breath, Tyler. <laughs> how, how would that be possible? Well, we won't get into all that, but yeah. At any Andrew, rate, people would go see They wait. Live. Sophie's Choice, would you take Black Hole or Blade Runner, the sequel? The remake? Oh, man. That's really hard. You got, one's got to go. One's got to go. Oh, Black Hole or Blade Runner 2049? Yeah. Ah, that's rough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something's got to go. Something's got to go bye-bye. I think Wow. If it's the if it's the Okay, here's I have I have actually a, a pretty good answer. If it's if it's <laughs> oh the choice God. between Black Hole and Blade Runner 2049, then I'm going to go Black Hole. Because at least there is a blade. At least we get Blade Runner and Black Hole. Like we get we get oh, one of each. Okay. I'd rather you, pres- you did a you did a workaround on that. Yeah, I'd pr- I'd rather Never the pragmatist. I'd rather preserve both things conceptually than like get rid of one entirely so that I could have the you know the two you know the the yeah the, the duology of. Blade Runner. Uh, what about Blade Runner, the original, and Black Hole? Uh, I, I probably, I'm probably gonna say Blade Runner. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, because see that that's the complexity to my answer is like I would I would get rid of Blade Runner 2049 just to be able to have both of those original things. But if you're but if yeah. you're, if you if you have have me choose between the original Blade Runner and Black Hole, I'm gonna go Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Blade Runner. <clears throat> um, but yeah, all of this to say, I, 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 I don't think that that Dune remake is gonna make any money at the box office, and I don't think this Tron movie is gonna make any money at the box office. But they keep making these weird movies because they keep confusing cult status and internet hype with people coming to theaters. And who knows, maybe in a maybe in a world where th- movie theaters are shut down and everybody's uh, movies have now become a thing that you see at home by, you know, purchasing it to stream. Maybe these movies can be successful in that in that scenario where it's easy. It's an easier it's an easier. Uh, it's an easier decision to just be like, I'm going to click a button and have this movie. Um, and if you have a family. It's actually considerably cheaper than going to the, the movie theater. But then also, I guess you're probably not going to be watching Dune with your, like, children. You and um, E checking out Dune. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'd, 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 totally, I'd totally watch Dune with, with Ephraim. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to be watching it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not unhappy that these things are being made because I'm always into the sci-fi fantasy and I take as much as I can get, but it's not going to make money. <laughs> nah, definitely not. Um, in other developing a, re- a recognizable property into a new thing news, they are uh, the the creators of Westworld are developing a Fallout TV show for Amazon Prime. The uh, worldwide best-selling game franchise Fallout is headed to television via Prime Video. Following months of deal making, Amazon Studios has licensed the rights to the games for Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy to develop a TV adaptation, which has received a series commitment. The uh, this marks the first major project to come out of Westworld creators executive. Producers, uh, big overall deal with Amazon Studios. Uh, the duo's Kilter Films is producing Fallout alongside Beth- Bethesda Game Studios and Bethesda Softworks. Prime Video and Bethesda just posted a short Easter egg video teasing the project. Um, so yeah, if you if you are unfamiliar, uh, Fallout is a series of role playing games. It started with it started with uh, with uh, Fallout, the post apocalyptic RPG. Um, which was a top-down isometric role-playing game for the PC back in the 90s. Um, And then, you know, Fallout 2 was a very similar game. It was a continuation of both that story and as well as that that, um, style of gameplay. Uh, I mean, let me let me let me let me just show you what this looks like uh, just to compare it. Fallout is not a video game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it is a, video a video game. game. Yes. Wait, it is a video game. Yeah. So this this it's is not what, a board game. It's a it's a it's a video game. It's it's a it's a it's a piece, oh, okay. it's a PC uh, it's a PC role playing game. This is oh, what okay. this okay. is kind of what um or not kind of this is exactly what the original Fallout games looked like back in the nineties. Oh wow! God damn, that's uh, old looking. Uh, weird. It's this actual freaking game. Yeah. So, this, so the, yeah. So this, this is what Fallout. Yeah. This is what Fallout looked like. It's it's a top down isometric role playing game. Um. You know. It, you know. It's it's got that similar look to games like you know Diablo and uh, Wasteland. Landscape. Um. Yeah. Totally. And you know, you go around and you explore these dungeons and you fight monsters and you know all of your battle is is based on sort of dice rolls and it's just basically a pc version of a of like a dungeons and dragons type role-playing game um and these these had huge uh a huge fan base a huge cult status um and then in um in the 2000s uh so these games these games were developed by i think they were developed by interplay um is that is that the development studio that did the original fallout games oh yeah well it was developed by black black isle studios and it was published by interplay and then in the 2000s this this they had they had done fallout and fallout 2 and then the 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 franchise kind of went away um and then in the 2000s the property was purchased by um bethesda and they developed fallout 3 um which is kind of the game that everybody knows about um, this is the game that kind of like popularized the franchise in the mainstream where they essentially took the story and the aesthetic 
and the concept of Fallout, but they turned it into a um uh let's get to some footage here. A video game. Oh, this is gonna be some let's play. Is so. it did it turn it into a shooter game? Yeah, it, it turned it into a first person shooter. Um okay. uh, but it's it's still it's it's a first person uh it's a it's a first person shooter with role with role playing with rpg elements so you it, it is a it is a uh first person shooter but you you know you have stats you you earn experience points you level up your character you get weapons um so it is it is a first person it's a first person shooter rpg um but it kind of it looks like this and this is this is what this is what this is the game that popularized oh. um, the franchise in the mainstream, and then they've done several games since then. They did uh, after this, they did Fallout New Vegas, which was developed by Obsidian Software, not Bethesda. Um, and a lot of people love that game and say it's the best uh, in the like new first-person franchise. And then they a couple of years ago they came out with Fallout Four that was developed by Bethesda, and then most recently they have Fallout Seventy Six which is a on a massively multiplayer online game that everybody hates. It's like notoriously like a bad game that like oh, just fuck. that's just everybody hates it. Um, so that's kind of the history of the franchise. Uh, and it's funny because there's a lot there's like two different camps. There's the people who love the OG Fallout games one and two and think that the newer like Bethesda games are kind of a bastardization of the franchise and not the real Fallout. And then there are like people who love the new games and may or may not even know about the old games. Uh, I actually kind of love both. Like I played a lot of Fallout 2 when I was a kid on PC and I love those types of games, but I also really enjoy Fallout 3. Um, so I, I like both. But uh, the, the story of it is that it's basically in a future post-apocalyptic world where there's been a nuclear fallout um, that happened in the it happened in the in the 30s. So like pop culture has all stopped in that era. Like we, we've developed more technology and everything's like future and scientific and kind of steampunky. But all of like, you know, all the music that everyone listens to is like from the 30s and 40s because that's sort of where culture oh. pop culture stopped and it's clever it's a it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic world where the entire world has been irradiated by this nuclear f war that happened and people live in vaults underground bunkers where you're basically born into a vault and you just live underground your entire life um, because the world is not safe to walk around in. And then there are people who live above ground and they wear sort of like protective armor. And there are a bunch of different cities above ground where people live, but all these people are sort of, uh, they're either, they either wear like protective gear to protect, protect them from the radiation or they've like turned into like mutants. There are these things called ghouls, which are basically like irradiated zombies. Um, and the, the 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 story is basically about people sort of roaming the worlds the the roaming the above ground world of fallout um and uh the most kind of popular storyline is from fallout 3 where you're a vault dweller who was born in the vaults um your father's a doctor uh he leaves the vault and disappears and doesn't come back 
and you decide that you want to go find him. And so you leave the vault for the first time in your entire life. And then you go on this journey trying to find your father and you kind of get mixed up in this crazy sort of story with a lot of political intrigue. Um, so you got to assume that if they do develop a Fallout TV show, it's probably going to be based on that general storyline because that's kind of the most popular storyline in the franchise in the from a mainstream perspective. Um, but yeah, the you know uh, Jonah Nolan and and Lisa Joy who made Westworld are going to be making the show for Amazon Prime, and it's going to be just a Fallout show. Well, so you know, basically, basically a documentary question? about the world and what it's going to be like in a couple of years. I, this is a legit question, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of embarrassed if I'm going to ask this. Is the band Fallout Boy named after Fallout the game? No, Fallout so, no. Fallout Boy is named after uh, a character from The Simpsons. There, oh. there, there's like there's, <laughs> there's a comic that Bart reads, or that, that there's That's just, right. there's, a, there's a comic that just exists within the Simpsons universe called Fallout Boy, or no, it's it's called. Um, it's not called Fallout Boy. The Fallout Boy is the sidekick. Uh, what what is yeah. the what is the thing? It's uh, is it what is it? The Adventures or something? Fallout. Is it the oh yeah, up and Adam guy. The radio, up and Adam. It's Radioactive Man. Radioactive, radioactive Man and Fallout Boy. That's right. And, okay. And okay. The story behind that is that um, Fallout Boy used to have a different name, and they didn't like it. And they were playing a concert one time, like back in their early career before they were famous. And they literally just said, like, we don't like the name of our band. Does anyone have a recommendation for a new band name? And then somebody in the audience just called out Fallout Boy. And then they just changed their name to Fallout Boy. And that someone was Andrew Price. Yep, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. You're there, man. Um so yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty interested in it. Uh I, I I watch I've watched most of the first season of Westworld. Um I kind of had trouble difficulty getting into it. I, I've been told by friends to just keep watching and it gets better. Uh, it's not that it was bad, but my issue with Westworld when I started trying to watch it the first time and there's been several shows that I've like tried to watch and couldn't get into it. And then I gave it another chance and then it ended up becoming like one of my favorite shows. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything that I watched it once and kind of bounced off of it. But um that my issue with Westworld was that a lot of the story like takes place within the fictional world of the Western city. And it's about these robots and these characters and their lives within the Western fake fictional world. And I know that basically the storyline is like one of the robots, like kind of slowly gaining sentience and realizing that they're a robot and realizing that things are not real around them. But it takes it's like a slow burn and it takes a long time to get towards that. So I found myself not really being able to care about some of the stories in the episodes because they were all just about fake people, like robots thinking that they were people and kind of the the drama of these fictional lives within this Western themed theme park. And I, I just had difficulty getting into it because I'm just like, I don't care about this. Like, why, why do I care about this storyline of this character? It's not real. It's a fake fictional storyline that this robot thinks is real. Uh, so I just I had a weird difficulty getting into that aspect of it. But I just need to I need to try it out because 
I need, a, I need to go back to it and try it again. What's slower than a slow burn? Because it's slower than that, man. It's Oof. so slow. I mean, it's I, like I like molasses. I like slow burns. Um, Especially I, the show. Yes, I I should like the show, and I I, I don't I don't I don't I don't dislike slow burns. I like slow burns. I like sort of dense shows that you know kind of take a while to get to a bigger thing. Um, but yeah, it's just that one detail where I just, I just found myself not caring about getting bored and not caring about the episode because they were focusing on storylines of robots thinking that they were real people and kind of like the drama of their lives within this fictional world. And I just kept finding myself just tuning out because I was just like, who cares? This is not real there. It's just a fake thing. Um, so I just need to, I need to go back to of, uh, slow burns. You are a butt head. Oh, <laughs> what? It's a slow. Thank you. It's a slow. Thank you. A slow burn. Oh, yeah, it took, it took it took me a second to get it too. I was like, because he said that, I was like, what? Is, what is? What is he saying? That was a really good slow yeah. burn. Yeah, you're. A th- it's a thinker. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um. So yeah, I. He approves. You found that in the desert? Huh? You found that in the desert? Huh? You found that in the desert? Yeah. Thanks. It's for you. Put it down there. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Hmm? No, there. I had to stop it because I realized. Um. So, yeah, while I'm not like the hugest fan of Westworld at this point, um, I still I would like to see them doing a fallout a, a, an attempt at tackling the fallout world. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I just don't want any stupid twists. I want it to be the storyline. I don't want it to be Westworld, which is something I'm worried about for some reason. What do you think, Kirk? How do you feel about this from the outside in? Well, I honestly thought Fallout Boy. Fallout, <laughs> I honestly thought that Fallout and Fortnite were the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, so this is news to me. Uh, nah. I mean, I struggled through Westworld, and um, I don't. Uh, I don't need to see uh, another video game property made into a show. What about a video game you like? Well, they did Tron. That was good. I guess that was the reverse. Yeah. Um, what if they made a true crime Streets of L.A. movie? <laughs> Isn't that every cop movie? Yeah, it's just the most generic premise ever. <laughs> <laughs> they just put true crime in L.A. Uh, that would, then I would see that. I would, def- I would definitely see that. Uh, speak, speaking of video games, uh, during the... Uh, Quarantine times, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart with my family. Oh yeah? Mm. Which which Mario on Kart? On the Wii. Oh the Mario on Wii? Yeah, Mario Mario Kart. What is it? Uh, Mario Six? Mario Kart Six? I feel like that's yeah, no. I, I have it. I don't play it that much because I'm not really super into kart racing games, but yeah, is it is it part is it, is it six? I think I think it's Something Mario like Kart Six. Yeah, so we play that. And then uh, Splatoon. Oh yeah, which I'm terrible at. 
makes me mad and I throw the remote away and walk upstairs. You know what they need to just bring back and not just don't fuck with anything in it. Just bring back um, Spy Hunter. Just make it the same. The video game, game Spy Hunter. Yeah, that's a great game. Holy shit! That's it. Don't do anything to it. Don't remodel it. Don't do it. Just re-release it and let us play it on our current uh, sits, uh, system. I guarantee you can play Spy Hunter somewhere. Uh, maybe uh, on the dark web. Yeah, <laughs> right next to all those trafficked children on Wayfair, you can play Spy Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, it's on. It's on. It, you you can download it on your Google phone. It's on the. It's on the Play Store. That's not the same. It's probably the exact same. Spy Hunter was a PS2 game. I mean, or a PlayStation no. Game. Well, no, it wasn't. You're thinking of that. Spy Hunter was a game for the Nintendo, and that was that was a. That was a like remake or not a remake, like a sequel what? or whatever it was. But yeah, that was that was originally a Nintendo game. What am I thinking of? No, it's, you're thinking of the right thing, but they just oh. they made another Spy Hunter game, but the original one was on the Nintendo. Oh no, I mean I'm talking about. Well, I I guess either one, I'll be happy with. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, sp- speaking of speaking of video games, uh huh. They they. So on the speaking of speaking of speaking of video games and speaking of the switch, they uh, wait a minute. Did you say Nintendo Wii or did you say Nintendo Switch? For me, I said Wii. We have oh, a Wii. Oh, so you're you're playing you're playing Double Dash? Mario, no, Mario it's Kart just called Mario Kart. Maybe. The what? Oh, never mind. Double Dash is on the GameCube. Oh man, time is like time is like. <laughs> Just there is no time compressed for me. What's the there's only Zool uh, Mario Kart game for the Wii? Yeah, Double Dash is for the GameCube. Uh, oh, yeah, it's just it's just called Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm, I misheard you and I just or I didn't mishear you, but you said it and I just my mind heard switch. So you're you're assuming that I would have a switch, which is fine. Well, I just assumed Theo or or Lily did. I Nah, screw them. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of speaking of video games, and speaking of not actually speaking of the Nintendo Switch, but I thought you <laughs> yeah, were. There you go. They so on the Nintendo Switch, they have all the if you if you have a subscription to Nintendo Switch online, online, they have a bunch of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games that you can play for free just on the on that service. So if you have the subscription, which is like it's like ten dollars every three months or something and you can play games online and stuff um but you but you get access to all these nintendo and super nintendo games and there's this library of them they release them periodically so like every couple of months they'll put another 10 games up and uh some of them are just kind of garbage it's just a bunch of like oh like yeah that game that's kind of cool i guess and then every once in a while they kind of release the big ones that everyone wants and on uh, yesterday, as of yesterday, um, they released a new batch of Super Nintendo games, including Donkey Kong Country. Fan favorite Donkey Kong Country. So you can play you can play a classic classic game on the Nintendo Switch now with the Nintendo Switch online. Boo-doo-doo. 
Boo doo doo. Boo doo doo. Boo doo doo. Boo doo doo. Boo doo doo doo. Boo doo doo. Boo doo doo. Dun 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 here we go. Is that a racing game? You'll see. Oh, spot on, Andrew. Yeah, the bass drop. Go ahead, Doc. You can't get it. Am I supposed to be seeing or hearing any Oh. Hang on. Is the plot of Donkey Kong Country someone blew up his boombox and he wants revenge? No, uh, the, oh, that's, that's just like a little, then. yeah, Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong games always have kind of these like weird little like comedic bits in them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a side scrolling platform, oh, okay. platform okay. game, um, where you're running through jungles and yeah, stepping on crocodile heads. Um, and the, yeah, but wouldn't you like it better if the whole point was that someone destroyed his boombox? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Ugh, missed um, opportunity. But now you can play that. And yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a fan favorite game. It's a, it's highly regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh notably uh, a lot of people really love the soundtrack. It's like one of the best uh music soundtracks for a video game ever. And also uh it was notable for uh basically they did this they did this thing where they uh all of the graphics are pre-rendered 3D graphics which was kind of a, a a new thing at the time. Nobody else had ever really, really ever done that on the Super Nintendo. So what they did was that all of the all of the graphics, the character models, the backgrounds, it was all 3D generated um, computer graphics, uh, which was relatively new at the time. And then they 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 generated all those graphics and then they pre-rendered them and turned them into 3D sprite or turned them into 2D sprites. So the game has this really unique look because it looks like you're playing a 3D game with 3D graphics, but it's all it's all actually 2D, but it's just it's just rendered 3D. Um, so it was kind of like a little bit of a of a of a of a trick to make the game look like it was composed of 3D computer generated graphics within the graphical limitations of the Super Nintendo. So and it's just a, it's also just a really great fun game. Um, and now you can play it on the Switch if you have Nintendo Switch Online. Wow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that seems like a way too much to do for that time. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy. It was like yeah, it was like a, it was like the interesting thing about those those old game systems. This doesn't really exist anymore because we basically just have like unlimited technology. Like you can kind of do anything. Like every year, as technology begins to progress, the the level of leap in technological. Uh, improvement is like it, the gap gets smaller and smaller and over over the years the improvements just they start to become just finer and finer it's like okay like 
this it's it's like you know with with iPhones like in the early 2000s it was like hey we have these computers and then like a year later it was like hey look here's this thing called an iPod which is like a little device that you can keep in your pocket and you can put a thousand songs on it and then a couple years later it was like hey look we have this phone like a cell phone that you can also look use the internet on and and listen to your music on and then a couple years later it was like hey now these phones are like they have like internet that's as fast as your regular internet on your computer it's not going to take like 10 years to load a web page and you can fit like all these so like like hundreds of thousands of songs on it and you can also stream music and then a couple years later it was like hey like this phone is like slightly better now and then a year later this phone's slightly better now and this a year later this phone is kind of slightly better now the we've we've reached this singularity of technology where like the improvements can only be incremental from this point on but back then the leaps in technology were massive like you you would you would you would see something and then a year later it would be like holy shit this blows my mind um so at that time whenever uh sort of in the later stages of the of the super nintendo's life um they had to get really um, creative with how to utilize that the technological limitations that they had they didn't have a lot of memory to work with they didn't have a, have a lot of processing power to work with the video card was very primitive um, the video chip I mean um, so they had to get really creative with how they improved and, and, and impressed people with the technology of the games and so that was one of the things that they did was they meticulously went through and uh, and um, um, modeled and rendered these 3D graphics and then sort of compressed them into a 2D field to give you the illusion that you were playing a 3D game, um, which at the time people loved and it was kind of revolutionary. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like I feel like you guys like Kirk, you 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 this is a little too after your time of being younger and being into video games and this is before your time yeah. Tyler so this is like squarely oh that's interesting this is squarely something that like old, like I you know definitely played this growing up but I feel like you you two like missed this game entirely that makes sense because uh, watching the the video it said 1994 was when that came out mm -hmm. so that makes sense because I was 24 and in, in bars yeah and that made Andrew. You were like what, twelve? No, I mean I was younger than that. In in ninety four, I was probably yeah. I was I was like six. What? Oh fuck off! <laughs> I was born. I was born in eighty eight. Oh. I'm thirty two years old. Oh god damn it! And then Tyler, you were what? Nothing. I was born in ninety four. Oh God <laughs> damn it! This just became the saddest news story <laughs> of Nostalgicast ever. Um. Well, here's a here's a not sad news story, but also maybe something that you're not gonna be able to relate to. Um. So in the early 2000s, 2003, there was a very short-lived but very widely beloved cult show that aired on MTV during a period in the early 2000s where they got really into doing like animated programming. 
Um, it was called Clone High. It was created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who went on to become uh, directors of movies such as the 21 Jump Street reboot movies. And great movies. Uh, they directed the Lego movie and they directed the um, uh, well, Chris Miller directed or was it? Yeah, Chris Miller directed Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, and uh, they almost directed Solo, but they were famously fired from it and replaced by Ron Howard. Yeah. Um, and they created right. they created Last Man on Earth with uh, Will Forte. Um, Another great show. But in the er, in their early career, they did this this show called Clone High, and it only had like fifteen episodes or something like that. It had one season, fifteen or somewhere around that episodes, and it was canceled. But it's gained a massive cult following since then, and uh, now they are going to be bringing it back. So. Awesome. Uh, Clone High is getting new episodes with original creators Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Bill Lawrence working to reimagine it. Um, it's unclear how many episodes MTV is ordering or when it might air, but the updated version of the series will continue to count um, Abraham Lincoln, Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, and John F. Kennedy amongst its student body of cloned, horny historical figures. Um, and yeah, that was the premise of Clone High was that it was a high school of cloned versions of historical figures so it's kind of like a teen comedy drama yeah starring these historical figures as teenagers i remember uh that being on mtv i didn't watch it but i was aware of it in the ether and uh i was aware that it was a it felt at the time it was kind of like it kind of had a cult status back then. It wasn't a huge like, oh my god, Clone I was really a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the people behind this, so that's interesting. Yeah, it sounds really awesome. Lord now Miller, it's Lord coming Miller, back. Great. And they're and they're reviving a lot of these kind of older shows. Like they're doing they're doing a spinoff of Mission Hill, which was another MTV show <laughs> a cartoon. Oh shit! Um, Can't they just reboot? videos on tv can we just do that Music videos oh yeah definitely remember that mm -hmm. i like that but would they I mean, it just really wouldn't work because people would watch a bunch of uh ads like uh, commercials in between those videos and then now yeah that's true would never do that i'm still waiting for my club mtv reboot that we talked about a million years ago during the before times it's coming kirk it's coming Doodle doodle d wubba wubba wubba. <laughs> you said that so indignantly. That's that's the that's the sign off from Julie downtown Julie Brown. Yep. Now nah, she's just she's just DJing on one of those serious eighty stations now. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say she's just DJing on some like nineties cruise ship tour. Oh, probably that too. If cruise ships yeah. were still a thing. I can't have anything now. Um, so there was a there was a, there was a thing that happened a couple weeks ago where Vanilla Ice announced that he was going to be doing a series of concerts, and there was this concert that was going to be going on in Texas, and he was basically like, at the time whenever it was announced, he was kind of questioned about like you know don't you have some kind of concern about you know the the ongoing health crisis, and his response was basically like. 
eh, like, we'll be fine. So this concert was going to happen. But then right before it was set to to happen in Texas, uh, it was abruptly canceled due to coronavirus concerns. Rapper Vanilla Ice has definitely postponed his concert in Texas after receiving heavy criticism for planning the event in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. He was set to perform at a 2,500 capacity concert in Austin on Friday, despite a recent surge in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in the state. Uh, due to the increase in COVID-19 numbers in Austin, we're going to move the concert to a better date, Vanilla Ice tweeted. We were hoping to, for better coronavirus numbers for, by July, but unfortunately the numbers have increased quite a bit. So for the safety and health of everyone, we're going to stay home. Uh, Barrett Branham, who owns the venue where Vanilla Ice had been scheduled to play, said the star, real name Rob Van Winkle, um, has, had expressed concerns about the health of his fans and himself. Uh, Brandon said he didn't know when the show would be rescheduled. Uh, and so basically, like, you know, kind of what happened here was this show was announced kind of earlier in June ish where we kind of had gotten into a period where everyone was kind of starting to act like things were getting better. Um, I think people got a little bit lulled into a false sense of security and people were kind of like generally like, oh, yeah, like this is over, like things are going to start reopening and, and stuff. And since that happened kind of later in June, we kind of got hit with this bomb of like things are getting worse. Like we are actually back to like square one, essentially. And things started to shut down again. So I think that between the time that it was announced and they were kind of being a little bit flippant about it of like, yeah, it's fine. This stuff came out. And due to this increased pressure uh, and criticism, they canceled the show. So, you know, I'm just here to say thanks a lot, anti-maskers and people who didn't take this seriously. <laughs> we lost this Vanilla Ice show because of you. We could have had the ice playing yeah. his hit. His because here's yes. how that concert would have gone. I'm going to tell you it right now. He's going to open with Ice Ice Baby. Then he's going to go in to play that funky music. Then he's going to do a deep cut of Roll Em Up. And then he's going to play Ninja Rap. Then his encore is going to be Ice Ice Baby again. And then he's going to leave the stage. Well, here's the thing, Kirk. You're wrong because the show isn't happening. What? Because we lost it. Yeah. <sighs> you know... They and ruined it, sucks, it for us. They ruined it for us, but at least Vanilla had the sense to stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> two in a two in one episode. <laughs> two in one episode. I had that died up for like the last five minutes. Two in one episode, Kirk. Yep. Dad beats is now dad jokes. I can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> it's too much. To end the show now. It's, it's all too done. much. It's the it's it's the Ronas. And on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna do our regular segment. Can you go for that? After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. And now, it's time for our regular segment. 
where we discuss rumored and unsubstantiated nostalgic stories and give our opinions about whether we think they're good ideas or not. This segment is called... Can you go for that? Oh, can you go? Can you, can, can you go? Can you, can you go for these things or do you not want to see them? Can you go for that? Oh, can you go for that? Nice. I loved it. Legit, that was your best one. I, yeah, best I, one. I think it was. <laughs> that was hot. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, that was fire. That was amazing. Yeah. Not, and you're never going to remember it. Fire. No, 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 definitely not. No. Um, it's recorded. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, forget it now. You think you think we record these, Tyler? No. No. We do this for us. Um, I love it. We got one story today. And uh, so basically, th- th- this has been uh, this has been around for many, many years. I remember when this actually went into production or went into pre-production. And I distinctly remember that it was somewhere around the time of like 2008 or nine, because I remember like I remember like where I worked at the time, whenever I was kind of learning about it. So I kind of I can pinpoint to that time where they were they were developing a uh, a big budget adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness, which is a seminal cosmic horror novel. And uh, it was being it was being directed by Guillermo del Toro and it was going to star Tom Cruise. And it ended up getting canceled. And this has kind of become Guillermo del Toro's like his white whale kind of thing uh, where he's been he's just been trying to get this movie made for years. And he's you know, it started out as this big budget thing where it was going to have Tom Cruise and have all of this money behind it. And then that kind of lost steam and got canceled. And then he's like tried to get it together in like smaller forms where it's like, okay, we're not going to be able to do that like $200 million version with Tom Cruise, but maybe we can do like a $90 million version with whatever, Joseph Gordon-Levitt or something. That's not a real thing, but something like that. And he's been trying to get this going for years. Um, So and at this point, it seems like it's not going to happen. But recently... Uh, he's talked about how he will get this movie made some way if it kills him. So he um, he still wants to make the adaptation. And recently in an interview, he said, this is why I wear this ring since the project got canceled. This is the fake ring about a fake university, the one that appears in the book, uh, Mis- uh, Mis- Miskatonic University. And I'm going to wear it until I make the movie. They may bury me with it. Um, he continued, it's difficult to tackle. We had James Cameron as a co-producer with me. We had Tom Cruise and we thought we were going to make get it made and we didn't. It didn't happen. These are not decisions you make. Most of us filmmakers, we exist in a world that uh, moves above our pay grade. People think that our career is a series of decisions. Our career is a series of accidents happening with your decisions on top. You don't decide to do one movie instead of another. At the Mountains of Madness was originally serialized in February, March, and April of 1936 in in uh, inside of issues of astounding stories. The story details the events of a disastrous exposition to the Antarctic continent in September of 1930 that was found there by a group of explorers led by the narrator, Dr. William Dyer of Miskatonic U- University. 
Throughout the story, Dyer details a series of previously untold events in the hope of deterring another group of explorers who wish to return to the continent. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, this isn't actually a rumor of like something happening. It's just him basically saying like, I'm going to get this movie made somehow, some way before I die. I believe him. Yeah. I believe he will get this movie made. Uh, as, as, uh, for whether I can go for it or can't go for that, I can go for that. Whoa. I was Ooh. all set. Uh, let me hit you with the with my thought process. Hit us with the cobs. Yeah, I got some cobs because I was like, ugh, H.P. Lovecraft, whatever, was my first thought. And then I was like, oh, Guillermo del Toro, Shape of Water was boring. But the last paragraph that you read describing what the story is about, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. You should, yes, you should do everything you can to make this movie because that's a that sounds like a great idea for a movie. Love it. I could go super, for that. Yeah, I'm super happy that you said that because that means we got we got that that we have that together, people. Yeah, uh, we'll think that way. I also love this idea for the fact that if Guillermo del Toro actually gets it done, it's going to open the door to just a bunch of the lore being made into uh, movies. Because like right now we have like the Color Out of Space, which is fantastic, but nobody's going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I think they need somebody like Guillermo del Toro to get the name out there. Yeah. So I absolutely can go for this. Yes. So, so Tyler, you know this story then? I don't know this story, no. But I do. Like I've read uh, the Call of Cthulhu and Dream, uh, the Dream Quest of the Unknown Kadath. Okay. Yeah, it's like, all it's like all that. it's all based on this Lovecraftian lore with all these different mm-hmm. character, these fictional characters, and this idea of cosmic horror and all these, you know these ancient celestial beings and gods and Cthulhu yeah. is one of them. And, uh, you know, they, it's all, it's all within the same lore. So they're mm-hmm. all different stories, but they all kind of pick from, they all kind of, they almost kind of exist in the same universe, kind of like the MCU, um, where they're different, they're different isolated stories, but they all ostensibly exist within the same universe where all these different, like horror yeah. elements exist. Um, no, I like that even more now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely go for that. I, I I wanted this movie to exist when it was being made. I I love this book. I love Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I, I love, um, I mean, I you know, I, I guess I, I don't want to say I love H.P. Lovecraft without hitting you with the cobs and saying that I, you know, especially in this day and age, I'm definitely aware of the... Uh, the fact that H.P. Lovecraft had a lot of uh, racist and xenophobic views that kind of yeah. inform his body of work and a lot of his a lot of his ideas and a lot of the horror elements that he explored were kind of coded xenophobia. He was scared of foreigners and he kind of like characterized them as sort of these horrible ideas of creatures that were invading our world and things like that um that's 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 a that's a complicated aspect of hp lovecraft's body of work um but uh but yeah other than that like you know i i am a i am a fan of his his books taking into account my understanding of that aspect of it 
And uh, I'll I definitely love to see this. Um, and as a side note um, to this, uh, to to tack on to what I just said about grappling with the complexity of uh, this idea of the problematic fave um, enjoying somebody's work despite some uh, negative aspects of their personal lives. Um, there is a there is a show that is uh, coming out on HBO, I believe, um, and it's called Lovecraft Country, and it is based on a book called Lovecraft Country that um, I read several years ago when it first came out because I kind of any anything Lovecraft related or cosmic horror related, I typically will read it or watch it if I see it. Um, so I read this book uh, several years ago in like 2016 or some or so. Uh, and uh, recently in the last year or so, it was announced that it was being developed into a, a show for HBO. And I, in anticipation of that, I, I reread the book recently. Um, or rather, I, I ended up listening to the audio. I, I did a bunch of home renovation projects several months ago back in like November. Um, and while I was doing it, I re-listened to the audiobook version of the book um, whenever I learned that they were doing a show of it. Uh, but but uh, Lovecraft Country is a story about a family, a, a black family growing up, uh, living in um, in um, uh, Jim, Crow. Jim, Jim, basically Jim Crow era. And um, it's 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 a it's a Lovecraftian cosmic horror story but that also kind of like grapples with the um, the uh, systemic racism that exists in in American history and kind of maps that onto uh, Lovecraftian lore. So it kind of actually like reverses and, and, and deconstructs the uh, racial um, and xenophobic implications of Lovecraft's um, of Lovecraft stories and it reverses it and utilizes those same stories to put a mirror up to systemic racism, specifically in uh, Jim Crow America in the, uh, you know, the 1950s and 60s. And um, the book is great. I, I love the book. So I'm really excited about the show. So I just want to throw that out there. We're talking about this right now. I'd love to see. I can go for that at the Mountain of Madness directed by Guillermo del Toro. Hell yeah, 100 percent. But also check out um read the if you're interested in lovecraft if you like lovecraft but you're also you know aware of the sort of uh ingrained racism that exists within his um his books you should definitely read lovecraft country because it's a great book and you should definitely check out the show when it comes out um let me see uh lovecraft country is set to premiere on august 16th Hmm. Sick. Um, yeah. And that has been another edition of Can You Go For That? Can you go for that? Can you go for that? Can you go? Can you go? Can you go? Oh, for that. Felt very neo. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's- mm-hmm. It did. It yeah. kind of. It it definitely had that vibe. Yeah. It hit me. Um. <laughs> so last story before we wrap things up. Uh. I just thought this was kind of an interesting story. Cause. Fuck Dean Kane. He's a yeah. he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go be in a fucking sci-fi movie. Shark. Be whatever bullshit movie. Um, sharks versus penises or whatever the hell. Um, so former Superman actor Dean Kane is getting called uh, out by the comic book industry. On Thursday, Kane was criticized by comic book writer Tom King. Uh, for remarks that one of the Man of Steel signature monikers wouldn't be allowed to be said in today's political climate. Kane is best known for, for, for portraying Clark Kent on the 90s television series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, alongside Terry Hatcher. Kane has a steady career in film and te- television while rejoining the DC Universe as Jeremiah Danvers in a seven-episode uh, stint on Supergirl before his character was killed off off-screen. Publicly, Kane has been a staunch supporter of President Donald Trump and has made multiple appearances on Fox News. He appeared on Fox and Friends to discuss a Time Magazine article about how it's time to re-examine superheroes. On Fox and Friends, Kane was asked to respond to the Time Magazine's article by uh, Eliana uh, Dockerman that suggested since the portrayal of police officers on the big screen is being re-examined, that it's time to also re-examine superheroes. Kane was asked to give his opinion on the piece where he said anti-police rhetoric gave him in, uh, made him uh, drives him insane and that I promise you as Superman, I wouldn't today be allowed to say truth, justice in the American way to which host Ainsley Earnhardt agreed with him. One person who didn't agree with Kane, comic writer Tom King. King knows a thing or two about Superman, most recently pinning Superman up in the sky alongside Andy Kubert. Uh, King dismissed Kane's comments and had proof to show he was completely wrong in his sentiment to pop to the popular Superman phrase wouldn't be allowed today. In a, in a response, King responded, motherfucker, I put it in a comic this year with a page from his Superman series that shows Superman stating that he believes in truth, justice and the American way. Um, uh, uh, Dean King responded to this on Twitter saying, well, kudos to you. I stand corrected. I'm glad you did. What comic is that? Also, the motherfucker part of your tweet, not necessary at all. But if it makes you feel tough, that's okay. Tim King responded, Ah, the motherfucker was an insult because you used your platform to discourage people from wearing masks, which will cost lives. The opposite the opposite of what Superman would do. I don't know if I'm tough, but I did fight for my country overseas and didn't just wear a cape in front of a camera. <laughs> Which is that's such a good burn. You there? Where? That's the end of it. Damn. That's the yeah, end of it. Just shut that he down. Bodied him. Uh, yeah, he bodied him. Yeah. Oh, he bodied him. Full on body. I mean, yeah. put him in a coffin. He's done. Also, who's going around go- thinking that Dean Kane's the definitive Superman? Nobody. Yeah, like only Dean Kane. Only Dean Kane thinks that. Yeah, yeah. Dean Kane I mean, looks at Justice League movies and looks at Ben Affleck and it's like, I did it better. You were on a, you were on like a dumb like soap opera version of Superman, and you were bodied by Terry Hatcher. Yep, who's better than you? Ugh, what a ridiculous statement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just, it doesn't even make any sense. It's just like, it's just like a weird, like, 
it's just it's just dog whistling. It's just like they wouldn't let us say this thing. Yeah, and it's like that no, it, who, I can't who, who that. said that? Who says that they wouldn't let you say that? That's like that's yeah. just that's just a straw man argument. You're just making yeah. shit up. And it's such a it's such a innocuous truth justice in the American way. That's not inflammatory. So there's no one who's like, you can't say American way or truth or justice. No one's saying that. Nope. Oh, Dean. Deany. Dean. Uh, uh, I honestly always just thought Dean Kane was Val Kilmer. And now I really, now How I can definitely realize dare why you? he's. I know. Yeah. Like he's just knockoff gross Val Kilmer though to me. Because it's always just, I thought that was just Val Kilmer. How dare you put Val Kilmer and Dean Kane in the same thought? <laughs> That's right. Ugh. Ugh. That was genius by Tim King. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note. Fuck Dean Kane. Fuck Dean Kane. If you like what you heard and you haven't done so yet, feel free to just subscribe to the show. If you have a friend who you think would like the show, feel free to share with them. If you want to keep up to date with all of the uh, news on the podcast, as well as all of the nostalgic content we post on a daily basis, you can go to the official Nostalgia Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for Nostalgia. That's us with a blue check mark next to our name. You can also join the Nostalgia Facebook page or Facebook group by searching Nostalgia on the face on Facebook groups. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia. And uh, if you want to, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, anything you might want to be read on the show. You can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening.